We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Crash and Fourier on WEEI. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. Have the Red Sox weathered enough of the storm so far? I'm not so sure about that. 1101 Gresham Fourier. We will get into uh, some more uh, football stuff coming up as well, including Roger Goodell to just, oh, my God. I know that, that Roger Goodell. It's a hero now. He will have heat in this region forever because of stuff he has done. But, uh, there's just a certain part of Roger Goodell that just doesn't see the forest through the trees when it comes to certain things. And we'll we'll get to it and unpack it because we were talking about Sam Kennedy. And uh, if you saw the video, we were kind of joking around about it. They literally, am I wrong in saying this? Yeah. They literally set up like a little microphone thing on like a street corner, it felt like. It, it, it actually looked like it was in the middle of the street. I, I couldn't believe like it. This, this, and they kept, and they didn't stop traffic. Well, it's because they close off all the roads around there. It must have been like people were just walking by randomly, like didn't know what was going out. on. Hey, why are they yelling at this guy in the big, long, like you know, you know, park of Red Sox coat? I uh, was it that cold last yesterday? Uh, it was it was cold oh, okay. enough to right. you know. Again, even though I got some natural insulation left still the whole biting wind and all that i can't deal with the cold anymore i just i can't deal with it every room i go into and i turn it up like 72 like an old <laughs> especially in here well it's very menopausy here uh it's up it's down it's high it's no, low it's it, cold it's warm nah, it's gregopausy is what yeah, it is okay well that he yeah. fits the he fits if, the uh, you know if the, he's the feeling demo. A, if he's feeling a little thick or is having some meat sweats or whatever yeah. then it gets knocked down a little bit uh, if it's, uh, you know, if it was a seafood tower night the night before, then it's a little warmer. But uh, Sam Kennedy did get hit with a very direct question yesterday at the truck day send off. And you be the judge if he actually answered it. What do you say to the fans that think you're more concerned with making money in Fenway Park, a tourist attraction than actually a winning team? Look, we've uh, been here for 23 years and. Um, those types of uh, comments and, and that narrative, we understand uh, it's a direct result of not winning uh, the last couple of years. And um, we've got to get back to winning. Uh, so that's our that's our responsibility. It's on us when we, when we don't succeed as an organization. So um, it's a reflection of how passionate the fans are. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we understand that there's only one thing for us to do, and that's do the right things and start winning some baseball games. Okay, so uh, no, he didn't answer the question, and he never does. Um, but the whole like, uh, it's a reflection of how passionate the fans are. That's that was his words. That's what kind of made me chuckle. Like, here comes this guy. We kind of already done the whole Fenway experience thing. They've already kind of addressed it. Here comes this guy, cheap shot from the top ropes. You know, I didn't even recognize his voice. Sounds like a guy that 
you know, maybe it's just passing through. Oh, who what do the you hell mean? Knows? You mean the guy who asked the question? The guy who asked the question. No, you know who I, it was? I, I don't know who it was. Wasn't, but I, was it I, Sean Adams or I, McAdams? No, I don't think it was anybody on the baseball end. I think it was uh, just I think, a random guy working for ABC that was just, hey, go get a question out there on Sam Kennedy. Make sure it's biting. We can use it. Yeah, I'm going to uh, you, you go hey, listen, ahead. It doesn't matter. Here's, here's, here's the line that gets me. The whole... Reflection of how passionate the fans are. I can tell you, if I'm Sam Kennedy, that the next time I answer a question like that, it's going to be, this is the reflection of how spoiled you guys are and how stupid you are and how bunch of, you're just a bunch of sheep listening to all these other people bitching and moaning and complaining. Like, that's really what he wants to say. Go stuff. Stuff it up your rear end. Do you really think he wants to say Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you look at him like he think he's like just meek and quiet and passive. But I think eventually you get sick of dealing, which I would consider if I was him, a bunch of whining, bitchy babies. But are the whiny, bitchy babies wrong? Hey, what do you feel about the Fenway experience? Well, it's a reflection of how passionate our fans are. And we just got to get back to winning and all our problems are going to go away because you guys will still you guys will be happy now. We'll spend money. We'll win. And you won't complain about the Fenway experience. See, here's the thing, is that I understand that this ownership group put a ton of money into Fenway Park, and they're proud of what it has turned into. Yeah, there's, okay? a, there's a vegetable garden up there by the sweets. But when you also promote it as that's a part of the experience, for people here, that's where you lose folks. And, you know, Sam Kennedy tried to do the backhanded compliment of the, well, it's really about how passionate the fans mm, are. You guys. How about this? Irrational, but you're passionate. I knew that Fenway Park was a museum the first time I walked in there in the mid-90s in a game where the Kingdom caved in and they played Seattle up here. And it was $10 tickets and A-Rod made his debut and all this stuff, right? I knew I was sitting in a museum. When you go out of your way as an organization to pump up the fact that, oh, it's the living museum and people want to come here and that's why we have these tours and da-da-da, if you just left that out of the narrative and didn't stand there to promote it like it's Disney World and it's one of the rides or Epcot that you would stop in and go to, then maybe people like me and you and others would stop focusing on that. But in down years when it's, well, you know, Fenway's a living museum. Yeah, no S. Wouldn't you rather have, the honestly, wouldn't you rather have a more combative spokesperson? In this city, then that maybe combative was was too strong. No, but, combative you know, is the but. Someone, I'm going to check you. I'm going to I'm going to go back and forth with you. You're going to say what you want to say, and maybe it's a gotcha moment. Maybe it is, but I'm smart enough, and I'm like confident enough where I'm going to check you and make you feel like a dope. Well, there is the element of you are still representing management. Like for me, when I see Sam Kennedy talk or hear Sam Kennedy talk. 99% of the time, I'm thinking, well, he's just saying what John Henry is ill-equipped to say in front of other humans or with a microphone. Because John Henry would be honest. John Henry, the reason John Henry doesn't speak is because he doesn't trust himself. Uh, yeah, and rightfully so. And he doesn't know how to handle any adversity whatsoever. And, and I would take when that. When it comes to the microphone, like, Sam will put, like, 
We actually saw Sam Kennedy get mad. Mm-hmm. Like, even a little bit of mad. I loved it. I, it was, I loved it. Right. John Henry, if somebody booed him and he was in the migrant, you'd literally start seeing him shake. Not many of us probably have a 17% body fat. So that's, that's when he stopped having that little, uh, that the, whole little the whole thing press at, conference down at there. The, the picnic table down there in Fort Myers, right? Yes. Doesn't do it anymore because of that. And instead, What's the big deal? And instead, we got the other owner who once waved at Ray Charles. I'll never get over that, ever. He also brings a big, like, sword to opening day. Have you seen this big, giant, like, Braveheart sword that he brings? Yeah, we didn't right. see it on opening day. No, no, I, he brought, he, that. I feel like, you know, that was the one time he didn't bring. I think he, somebody shamed him. And, and listen, this is not the environment for that thing. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I do think there are a lot of Red Sox fans who actually have Sam Kennedy in context. I know his role. I know what he's doing. I know that this has very little on a decision-making end to do with him. Unfortunately for Sam Kennedy, he has become kind of like a a high-paid PR guy, but he actually is involved in decisions on the business end. He is involved in Fenway Sports Group. Like, that's somebody who knows way more than they ever lead on, but their role is to just go out there and make sure that the owner doesn't have a mild breakdown with a microphone in his hands. Yeah. That's why I can sort of look at Sam Kennedy and be like, okay, you're not the one I got the most beef with. You're just the one out in front more than everybody else, so I yell at you more, but I know it's not you I, at the I end just, of the day. It's it's uh, it's only going to get worse. I, this this smells like a Patriots I've, football I've, I've season. I was just say, I've heard you say this before. And I was right. And you it, were. It got worse, and you thought it was the bottom, and no. And this year especially, yep. with the way the offseason was, the way, like the fact that they haven't really signed anybody, they haven't replaced a bunch of guys. No. So what what is the what is the upside? Where's the where's the uh, you know the the optimism with and this I, group? And look, like for a Jordan Montgomery, I don't want to pay that guy through the nose when he isn't worth it. But is there a happy medium where you say, hey, we got to find a way to win? So fine, give him a one year deal. Pay a little more to get him on a one-year deal then. If it's just, hey, it's this year, we can fit it into the budget, whatever it is. I do think that is where some people might object with Sam Kennedy on the whole, well, we know we got to do, we got to win, and we got to do things to win. And it's like, well, okay, when are you going to start doing that stuff? And then that's where I look at it and be like, okay, that's not a Sam Kennedy call. If someone's got the purse closed, or sorry, if someone's got the wallet closed or buttoned up, that's not Sam's call. That's John Henry's call at the end of the day. Um, Mike Vrabel has uh, been called into question for something that I really didn't think it'd be a big deal in the NFL. And we found this because Vrabel, like Bill Belichick, on the outside looking in right now, if there is any smoke to this Andy Reid fire that he could walk away, I wonder if Vrabel might be the candidate over Belichick if Reed walks away. And the reason I mention that is, is because he played there, number one. I forgot about that. That's right. There is that history. He is younger, no question yep. about that. Uh, but I just wonder if Reed's going to walk away. Is there anyone there? On, like, Do they look at Matt Nagy and go, boy, if we don't give it to him, we're going to lose this guy. It's kind of like, eh, really? You know? So I wonder... Because there's been the rumblings of, well, if Reed walks away, is Bill in wait? wonder if it might be Vrabel in wait. Let that marinate a little bit while we listen to 
Diana Russini, who was asked about Mike Vrabel on the athletic football show and then said this. What is your sense of why Mike Vrabel doesn't have a head coaching job right now? I don't think that there was a fit for him. I don't think he sat in front of any owner who thought that his style was going to work for what they were looking for. Do you know I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me Vrabel's physical build, that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions. And that is a factor, which I laughed. I said, stop. Well, it's just, oh, she, so she, so she laughed. So she did laugh. So she thought it was just as ridiculous as we do. Then why that, bring it up? That, it, that an actual, that an actual GM, a, a guy who runs an organization in the NFL is looking at Vrabel at being too large, too intimidating to run a team of large, intimidating men. I, I don't know whoever is running these organizations. This is why Bill isn't a head coach because these stupid idiots, these guys who think this way, they literally exist. I did not think they exist. I thought it was, you know, like the, the 300 no, foot knew, shark or something like you that. Know like what? It's, it's like, it's like a, it's Sasquatch. I knew they existed. What I didn't know is that there were so many NFLs who are so many NFL owners who were like, let's be like everybody else. Let's just steal from everybody's tree or, oh, let's, we got to get a McVeigh type. Honest to God. Well, I really, she did say that at the beginning of this oh, podcast. She said oh, yeah, that the, the trend whole, is going, they all want a McVeigh. They said, she literally said it exactly the way you have been saying it. Well, you know, they want to. Take a look around at all the different coaches that were hired and the, and the hot names will even say. And it just seemed initially it was a, once again the search for the next Sean McVay. That's you it. hear that all the time. That always seems to be the theme uh, that a lot of owners are looking for. That's unbelievable. The, the, the next Sean McVay, which is honest to God. <clears throat> I guess this is expected, though, right? This this is the way it goes. Just the way the pendulum swings for tough-minded coach, it'll swing toward the softer coach. Mm-hmm. Now it'll go to coaching trees, successful coaching tree. Let's pick from that fruit. Let's poach their coaches. Yeah, because that's a and fruitful cause, exercise. Because Dan Campbell, his his mentality, his philosophy is next. They, 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 he will create his own family tree of coaches that will leave in the next two to three years or maybe even next after next season. And then they... That'll be the type because they only want the successful organization's types, right, of a long-sustained success. So McVay, Shanahan, those guys have proven, McDaniel, that they can do it. Like the Belichick tree, none of it worked. Like none of those coaches left and were successful in the NFL. None of them. The only guy that was halfway successful was Vrabel, and he's not even part, in my opinion, of that coaching tree because he was a player. The tree thing is so stupid. It makes little sense. Little sense. I mean, and we've already been through this. It's not hard. It went from Bill Walsh to Mike Holmgren to others, Shanahan's. Gruden's. Then McVeigh. Oh, yeah. Andy Reid. Andy Reid really the started his own family. In there, yep. too. But Sean McVay, somehow, who is a, I don't know, fifth-line descendant of the Bill Walsh tree, somehow has become Bill Walsh. 
And that, like, when he yeah. was born in the 80s, the, the you know, when he was born in 80, football Jesus held little Sean McVay in his hands and said, by God, I'm going to bless you to be the football coach of all football coaches, little Sean. And, oh, and you're going to, you know what's going to happen is there's going to be a, there's going to be 40 years of history in the NFL of all these people who did all this great stuff, but you know what? You're going to be the one at 32 to wear tight pants so we can see your <laughs> your nuts. But my God, you're little Sean going to be the guy that's going to just change everything in the NFL or get all the credit for everything. Like he's invented this system that's only been around the GD NFL since 1982. Yeah, but also the the other thing is like the whole uh, doubling down on what a genius he is. I don't know if you remember. I think it was HBO Hard Knocks. It was something where somebody went up to him and they asked him to, um, you know, uh, you know, look back like four years, something like that, when he was coaching as an assistant and break down the plays. And he would take the series. He'd be like, oh, then we threw it here. And then we had an off tackle oh, like play here. Oh, yeah, really? No, there is I mean, I, I guess. And, right. that's, and that's part of the... That's part of his reputation and why he's so special. It's also the same reason why he got pantsed as supposedly an offensive genius by an old man who allegedly has now lost it because Sean McVay acted like he got to coach against his idol in some kind of like flag football game, was practically jumping up and down like an outsmart Bill, like an outsmart Bill. And Bill made him look like an idiot in a year where he put up a bunch of points. He scored three in a Super Bowl. Sorry, he's a genius, though. I forgot. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now. More Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Got lunchtime parlay coming up for you in 24, 23 minutes from now, let's say. Two and two again last night. However, if you take away all the free wins that I've given Fourier, our records are even now. That'll be a running theme. You'll keep doing it. Oh, yeah. All the I, ones that I, I gave you. I, and, there's, and then you'll say, when you do kind of pass me for a small period of time, and then mm-hmm. I gave him like nine yep. wins. That's right. That's right. That's I gave right. him a head start. Well, you should handicap it. You claim you're like the best better in the history of the world. Whoa. If we were playing, whoa. if we if betting was golf, I would get it. It would be handicapped. Would um, it not? Right, which is, which is, which is why what we I did. did that. And you, you needled me for the two weeks, and you got him in, because now I'm starting to figure it out. Oh. That's true. So yeah. Scared. It's just, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it'll be another. Uh, it'll be another on your long list of losses. You're, you're, I'm getting uh, used to it. You are now. Right? I am. It's like, you're, whatever. You're like the Detroit Lions against me yeah, right before now. Dan Campbell before Dan Campbell. Before Dan Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to be like you're Dan the Campbell's. Matt Patricia yeah. Lions. Oh wow. <laughs> oh man. That I know that sucks. stings. That's a, that is a that is a that's, jab though. That's a rough one. Jeez, I apologize. You have to go below the belt. Oh man. Or above <laughs> for him. Because how can you find below? Oh man. It's like a muffin top. Oh man. <laughs> It's what it is, right? It's like it's like they all have the same body type. Charlie Weiss, Patricia. Yeah, they just do. Just sit up and just like have a little respect for the process. Every oh, oh, man, yeah. nothing has gone worse. Nothing. I don't think there is a coaching search and hiring that went worse than that. Yeah, I would say that uh, Matt Patricia takes the cake. And yeah. Even for the even for some of the guys who have maybe failed spectacularly, yeah. like the first run for McDaniel's in uh, Denver yeah. was worse than Horrible. the Raiders. Yeah. In my opinion. And uh yeah, somehow Matt Patricia has come along and told all those guys, hold my beer. At least Josh McDaniels had like a what was it? He was like seven and oh or five and oh or is a cover of Sports Illustrated there for a while. One time. When he actually was like uh when he oh. Uh -oh. This is breaking news. Breaking news on WEEI is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Our prayers have been answered, ladies and gentlemen. Joining the New England Patriots staff is Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo, everyone. There we go. Are we gonna? We're not even gonna keep. No, 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 no. This Joining is, the staff as what? A I, consultant as a human. He's he's here. He's yeah. a large. He's a large, intimidating person. I don't. I can't believe I don't they know. hired him. I think with that mustache. I uh, mean, oh my god! How can you hire someone with facial hair? Uh, yeah. So Ben McAdoo is in uh the NFL Network people. I think either Pelissero or. Uh, who was it there, Nick? Mike Garofalo. Oh, yeah, ben Garofalo. McAdoo as an offensive uh, assistant coach. Oh, boy. The Twitch chat has just exploded. Who? Clap. Championship. Ben Mickey Doo-Doo. Ben <laughs> McAdoosh. Uh, Duck boats. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Who dat? Er, McAdoo-Doo? Fire up the duck boats. Ben BMF. Um, Who? <laughs> Radio Chick 81, new team who dis. <laughs> well played. Let's hope Ben McAdoo slicks his hair back like he used to. That is the one thing about Ben McAdoo. He has had a uh, a Dennis Rodman run of looks over the last, like, three years, wouldn't you say? Because he, he was slicking the hair back for a while. Then he had that creepy cookie duster of a mustache. Then he started to let the beard grow in a little bit. And then he, like, shaved all of it and let his hair grow out or whatever. And then I saw him on the sideline where it's, like, slicked back under a visor now. I mean, seriously. There have been some people in, like, television in these <laughs> parts in New England who've had less hairstyles than Ben McAdoo the last four years. Um, I know. You, I guess you can crap all over it based on – and everyone will look at his, you know, head coaching opportunity with the Giants. Hold on. He was replaced by Joe Judge. Okay. 
<laughs> that is uh, quite an indictment. Well, that's, that's more of an indictment on the Giants organization. Uh, okay, more than fair anything. enough. Like, but, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, there's the many faces yeah. of uh, Ben McAdoo. That, uh, uh, he Alex did something. Hamp- also has many, many faces himself as well, but he calls himself Doughboy. Well, like, he's leaned into it. Ben McAdoo was thinking, this might look cool. Yeah, at some point in time, Ben McAdoo did something well in the NFL that convinced ownership <laughs> that he should be a head coach. It's at some point in time, he I was. Love I love that description. Ladies and gentlemen, our next head coach, he's done something enough for someone to think he can do this. I mean, job. And unless you just, I mean, unless it's like, you know, the whole, like, when, when guys are uh, coordinators and they become head coaches, it just, sometimes it just literally doesn't work. He was, he was there, I think, what, two years? He barely got a he barely got a sniff at doing anything. Then well, they removed him and put Joe Judge in there. He was another one of these guys that, uh, if I were to bust my friend Shimey, who you know the oh new coaches, everybody does their new pants dance for new coaches, and then you realize they're getting pantsed on the sideline. You're like, we better get them the hell out of here. And that's what happened with Ben McAdoo. So here is the here is the run for Ben McAdoo. Okay, O uh, two Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, in 2021, he was a consultant to the Cowboys. 2020, quarterbacks coach Jacksonville. We know how that went. Was that Urban Meyer? Uh, that would have been, might have been Doug Marone. Okay. Stand by. Let me see if I can get a list of coaches. I knew you'd ask me that. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let me see here. Hold on one second. It's the Dolphins. Yeah, I can't find it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, so uh, in working backwards, Giants head coach 2016-2017. There's nothing on the Wikipedia for this guy between 2018 and then joining the Jags. He was Giants OC for a couple years before that. Quarterbacks coach in Green Bay two years before that. Tight ends coach two years before that. Assistant O-line coach. The one thing I can say about Ben McAdoo that I do like is that He's coached a lot of different positions. Yeah. So hopefully this is a guy with kind of a 30,000-foot view of putting an offense together, not just, ooh, what trick plays are you calling, but how to make everything. It's the you know, it's funny. We were cranking on Matt Patricia. This is the only thing Matt Patricia couldn't do, get route spacing right, make it all come together from a 30,000-foot view. Hopefully McAdoo has at least got some experience in doing that. And I don't know why anyone would crap all over this. <clears throat> I mean, just because it's Ben McAdoo and you look at it as history, and like, oh, this guy can't do anything. He's incapable of creating any good production offensively. It, he has it, no offensive mind. No, it feels like offensive Joe Judge. That's that's why, in, in a way, I made the Joe Judge reference because yeah. everybody laughs at Joe Judge. And why would you not do the same thing for this guy? Because literally the exact same thing happened. He just coached a different position. Yeah, here's the thing. I am going to reserve judgment on this entire staff. Um, Alex Van Pelt, new offensive coordinator included. Whoever your tight ends coaches, your running backs coaches, whoever is your offensive consultants, whoever is your, hey, I got fired from my one job, uh, but they're still paying me. I just want to hang around. All those guys. I'm gonna. I feel like it's it's only fair to hold off and wait and see, because you have no idea how they're all going to interact. And how they're going to collaborate together. Because that's the key. They're only bringing in people who can collaborate and knock down silos. Yeah. Very important. And that hey, is. Hey, have you ever taken down a silo before? 
Well, actually, you know, I tried to do it with the Giants, but there's so much resistance. You know what the problem was? We weren't collaborative. Is that a big word here? You know what? This will work. Look at this. We're speaking the same, finishing each other's sentences. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. Oh, man. And every time I hear that word and think about how those conversations go and one guy wants to do one thing and one guy wants to do another and another one says, hey, I've proven this can work. And Gerard Mayo walks in that room. Who's he siding with? And But... Like, do you have to on side offense with, as far as players? Side with none your of coordinator. None you know? of them. None of them. Collaboration's nice until a decision's got to be made, and then somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. Yeah, but what and is I thought the... we're trying to avoid that down there too. So, how does collaboration go with not letting someone down or making them have a sad? I would say, um, don't know a lot about Alex Van Pelt, <clears throat> but the collaboration issue will rear its ugly head when the. I guess the coordinator or your position coach don't respect the head coach. They don't respect his knowledge. They don't respect his ability to lead. They 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 think his decisions are antiquated or just unrealistic. How right? quick do you think veteran assistants sniff that out? Is that quickly? A, is that oh, a process? I would say, or do I they would figure say, it out? Here's quick? what I would say: as quickly as a player would sniff out a bad coach. Ooh. Which I think happens yeah. pretty quickly. You know, That's, right away. You're very good at that, by the way. I am. I I think you it's, have, I think it's have, obvious. You have good radar when it's, it comes to like your position coaches. Oh yeah. Like, oh, no. You know right away. You know it, it now. If you're young, you have no clue. But if you're older and you've been on crappy teams, I was really blessed in a way. <laughs> I had I had really uh, good coaches. I had crappy coaches. I've had crappy OCs. I've had great OCs. I've had. Uh, I've been on crappy teams and good teams. Like, you know, the, the pendulum swung all over the place. So when you when you go from, like, Dennis Erickson to Mike Holmgren, you're like, holy crap. Jeez, this is different. Then you go to Holmgren to Bill, you're like, wow, this is even better. And then you go to Holmgren to Joe Gibbs, and you're like, holy crap. I thought it was going to get better, but it's worse. So what do you – because I know we want to get to Goodell, but what do you do with McAdoo? If, I'll put it this way: If you're Van, because you, because Van Pelt is going to coach the quarterback, we know that. Yeah, he should. Yep. I would just want, if I'm um, Gerard Mayo, I'm obviously looking for a certain personality type, and I just want as many smart offensive minds as possible mm-hmm. in the room. That's what I want, and I will give them a position, and you know, uh, and they will have their responsibilities. Like Ivan Fears was a running backs coach, but he was also always in charge of third down blitz packages. That was his job. He he gave us the the reads, the tendencies, and 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 once a week he got up in front and he talked. Uh, Dante had obviously the run game and and red zone uh, and, and and goal line. Wow, that sounds collaborative. I'm a little shocked. It's at this. funny. Uh, the tight ends coach was uh, you know in the receivers coach. They all have they delegate. They all, hey, we. I can't do it by myself. Hey, you take third down. Uh, you take for, uh, first and second down. Someone take a short yardage goal line. I'll do it. Okay, good. All right, who's going to take blitz packages? All right, who's going to take, uh, 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 you know, red zone fringe and two minute? I'll do it. Okay, good. Now, you guys, we all can't do it. We can't do all this stuff, so somebody is responsible. Who's going to be the run game coordinator? Maybe he's a run game coordinator. Maybe he's like Mike McDaniels, and on Sunday he would disappear, and he wouldn't show up till Wednesday, and he pre- he would present Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, here's your run game. He did this on his own. Kyle Shanahan didn't do any of this, and he would just present the run game to the head coach, and that's what they would use. 
and they would just call those run plays. Is there anything to having McAdoo coaching receivers? And can you take one guy and have him coach tight ends no. and receivers? No, no, it's got to no, be a no, split no. job. Yeah, it's got to be split. Yeah, yeah, it can't be both. The only guy that would – that's happened to me before. You spent some time with the offensive line coach, and then you spent some time with the receivers coach, and you're just – it's just it, it's a terrible, terrible idea. I think in the NFL, they can afford to hire a position coach when you're going to have what? Maybe. No, I don't. I don't look at it from a cheap standpoint. I'm looking at it from a if we're morphing towards flex tight ends more than ever in the NFL. Yeah, no. I can have the O line coach help the tight ends on their run fits. No, no, you can't. I mean, you, I guess you could. Obviously, but, but it would be a recipe it's, for it's disaster. Stupid. Maybe, yeah, it's stupid. I was, uh, I was looking to see the coaching staff in 2022 in Carolina. So Steve Wilkes was the interim. I'm just looking for Wait, some in of the 2002 or 2022. 2022. Yeah, yeah. 2022. Okay. That's when McAdoo was OC, and you had. Uh, yeah, Sean Ryan is a quarterbacks coach. Joe Daly, a wide receivers. Kevin M. Gilbride, the tight end coach. I think that's really crazy. Kevin's son. Yeah. Um, I'm just, <laughs> and the reason I'm looking at these is because both Van Pelt and McAdoo are going to be, in theory, pulling from some of their old offensive staffs to be able to get people in here. Um, now, who knows? Maybe Troy Brown is a part of this, and maybe that's something McAdoo has coached tight ends. So maybe that's one of the things that you can do is if you do like Troy or if Gerard would like to keep someone like that around, maybe McAdoo can do the tight end thing, but also it's the keep an eye on what's going on with that guy over there. You know what I mean? Because I don't know if anybody has really held Troy's hand and said, hey, here's some of the things, mistakes that I've made or things that you can learn as a coach or whatever. Yeah, I don't no, he's, know. he's been there long enough. I don't know how much hand-holding he would even need, but it is interesting. Well, given, like, the, given the performance of some of the wide receivers, yeah. he might need well, a little coaching up himself. And wouldn't that be the first position where we're like, okay, this, this, these, this group isn't getting coached the right way? Wouldn't you kind of... Wouldn't you kind of do that? Have we got another uh, breaking news? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, Nick was just telling me there's a connection to Green Bay with all these these guys and Elliot Wolf. Ah, uh, there it is. There's so the line. We're, so that that's why I gave the thumbs up because it was like, all right, now we're starting to like, – just like there was the whole Eastern Illinois connection to the DeMarcus Covington and the uh, defensive coordinator interviews – like, it was guys who were all a part of that staff where Covington was in eastern Illinois mm-hmm. in the mid-2010s. Yeah. Hmm. So now we're now we're seeing the tentacles, right? Because only Bill had tentacles, right? right? Didn't we establish that? I know I'm laying it on for all you Belichick haters, but these are the things that y'all were saying. So, you know, is the Elliot Wolf tree the one we want to sit under and hope a juicy apple falls on our head? It seems like a hybrid of some kind. Yeah, you know what it is on offense? It's the holy crap, how can we find a way to get experienced people in here? Yeah, that's it. And that's 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 all it is. It's not, hey, I was thinking of this guy. Veterans in the league. The plan is literally coming together as the best plan they can come up with, let me say, is the one that they're coming up with right now because it's literally calling it on the fly because Mayo didn't have a clue of who to get on offense. And it is amazing. I've never seen uh, uh, you know, a situation <laughs> where every single coach that is hired is is so just you know critiqued 
and dissect it. It's like, what is this guy going to do? How is he going to affect? You know, you, you had so many just lifers in those positions for so long. And it was especially on the offensive side of the football. You just knew what they were. You knew what their responsibilities were. And the defensive side seemed to have more attrition for the most part. Yeah. Right? The guys were leaving more than – they didn't have lifers like the the like the uh, the, the Ivan Fears and the and, and the uh, Dante Scarnecchias of the world. Well, right? yeah. We or thought even, like Chad O'Shea decided to be like, hey, let me go be an offensive coordinator. Now he might circle back well, through that and didn't come work back out as either. an assistant. Right. Well, you find out that some of the guys who are coordinators, they're going to get the opportunity – and then the dudes underneath still need a lot of work and a lot of nurturing. And sadly, those are the people who are in non-play calling roles that are getting OC jobs now and getting elevated because, you know, they they once drove Sean McVay to the airport or something like that. 617-779-7937. We will get to Roger Goodell because he deserves to be laughed at, ridiculed, and ripped. And of course, it was opening night last night for the Super Bowl out in Vegas. We will start to get you Super Bowl breakdown as well, but the lunchtime parlay is next. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. I think the sun is shining outside. Breaking news. We're going to need a valley and instant oil change breaking news deal on that one, that the sun is outside. Good It's amazing. What is this ball? I need some vitamin D. I'm lacking vitamin D. Take a pill. Yeah. Vegan creatine? Mm, I should probably look. There's probably a lot of stuff in that thing that I probably shouldn't be taking. Oh, really? Yeah. As soon as I get a blood test, I'll find out. Oh, my God. Hey, there's a large amount of, I don't know. There's a large amount of whatnot in your <laughs> yeah. whatnot. None of this is good for you. Well, the package said it was fine. Oh, man. Good morning. Uh, I I uh I shudder to think what you would be like without your Cretan. Probably the same. Probably be absolutely no different. Probably so. Yeah. Well, you're not walking around a, here like you got a uh, broomstick up your bum. No. You know? Like no. your back has not been jacked up recently. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood if you hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Time for the lunchtime parlay presented by FanDuel, Mega's number one sports book and the official sports book of WEEI. Two and two yesterday. Mavericks winners on the money line. Uh, Avalanche and the Rangers went under six and a half. Uh, Billy lost on the Hawks and the Dallas 76ers game did not go mm, over. Had that wrong. 235 and a half. So two and two, no money for you. However, Let's get right back up on today's what will be a very juicy and hittable parlay. I'm going to start. I'm going back to the... Now, I know that Oklahoma in one ranking is like 23rd, but in the other ranking, you don't. So it still fits under this unranked home favorite taking on a top 25-er. Give me Oklahoma on the money line, minus 130 against BYU. BYU has had an unbelievable year, but this is one of those, okay, follow the trend. Trend has been pretty good over the last couple of years on these unranked home favorites against ranked teams. So I'm going to go Oklahoma, minus 130 on a pure system match. Billy Lanny, what do you have? Mavericks in Brooklyn to play the Nets. I'm taking Luka Doncic to get a triple-double 
against the Brooklyn Nets. Jeez. Now, I yeah, know. Right. Well, I know that uh, the Mavs played last night. So did the Nets. And so did the Nets. So that's why we could have Luka going off here because Kyrie, I do believe, is still dinged up. So Luka is uh, unfettered. And again, what do you need? 10, 10, and 10. See you later. We don't need, I don't need 70 points from Luka tonight. I need 10, 10, and 10. That's it. In some way, shape, or form. Maybe it'd be blocks. That'd be, that'd be excessive. Luka got that many blocks. Billy be mad at himself. Luka playing defense. Bill, I was just going to say, Billy be mad at himself on the Luka block prop, which is probably a block for Luka is probably plus 290 or something like that. Because you're right. The guy doesn't play defense. Nick, what do you got? Well, the one of the two of the two best teams in the NHL are playing tonight in the Canucks and Panthers. So I'm going back with another under tonight. I think this is their first game out of the All-Star break, so maybe a little more sloppy play. And they're two really good teams, so give me under six goals tonight in Canucks and Panthers. That's right. It did move from six and a half to six, which goes to show where the market is trending, shaving that uh, half goal. Speaking of shave, a guy who needs one, Christian Voria. I was basically just going to take exactly what Nick said and just apply it to Calgary versus Boston. Oh, okay. It's basically the same read. First game back, maybe a little sloppy. You know, everybody was, you know, maybe they're dealing with a sunburn. Who the hell knows what's going on? You don't have their, you know, they don't have their their skating legs underneath them. So I'm going to go under six goals. That makes sense. Because the, uh, the Bruins, pretty good. Of course, watch what will happen now. Nine, nine to six. It's <laughs> no. a shootout or something stupid. All right. So Calgary, Boston, under. Canucks, Panthers, under. Luca for a triple double, which by the way you can find on your uh, sportsbook apps. Normally under player combos, that's where we found Luca getting the plus two fifty five. And then I got Oklahoma on the money line tonight against BYU. I'm going money line to protect myself on a system match. Ladies and gentlemen, your ten dollars could win you. You ready for this foyer? Yeah, I'm there. Two hundred twenty-two dollars and twenty-six cents on a ten dollar parlay. The old Fourier would have been like, "Go have a bet bonus. I'm going to play that one." Now there's well, it's all it's all Billy's Luka Doncic triple double. That's where all the uh, that's where a lot that's, of juice that's, is. That's it. That's that, it. If that's, we we need to hit one of these big ones and just give ourselves a nice little cushion. Uh, that'd be nice. Like plus one twenty four for over a half a block. That's it, really. Yeah, that's what I just saw. I'm a little surprised at that. <laughs> I thought that number would be higher. Although, how many times have you done? The block bet, Billy, with anybody where you had plus money attached to it. It was normally like... All the time. Really? Oh, yeah. Most of the times when I do a block, it's plus money. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking Nothing, it's like it's skinny 110s or 105s. It's never anything mind-blowing. Got it. You know what I mean? But I can... Like, Drew Holiday is always like a plus 120-something or a one for plus one. Okay. That's a bad job out of me. There's then. only been like the shift with Derek White. Got Derek it. White started out as plus money, but then he's been like cleaning them up. So now he's a negative. He's negative money. And I know that there are some guys like you had Durant uh, like over two and a half blocks one time. Yeah. So Durant and yeah, Porzingis was another one for over two and a half. There you go. Yeah. Some of those do get altered based on uh, how many blocks. So there you go. So two twenty two twenty six for today's lunchtime parlay. We'll get that out on social media on Twitter or X Crash Fourier Get us on Instagram, Gresh and Fourier. Spell out the A-N-D in between our last names. Oh, someone says the Canucks do not play the Panthers. Did I say it wrong? 
Uh-oh. It might have got written in wrong by our guy, Nick. Look out, baby. Oh, no. Does William Thomas Laney have any other hot block picks? <laughs> that Carolina's hosting uh, Vancouver tonight. Carolina is... I wrote it in wrong. Hurricanes. So it's Hurricanes. Wait, so it isn't out Hurricanes the, at the Canucks Panthers? Are at the Hurricanes. I wrote Panthers. Oh, Canucks at the Hurricanes. Okay. All right, there you go. Simple mistake. And, of course, that would be problematic if people were looking for that game. So we're going to get that right. There we go. Well, it would be the first time we had a pick on a day that the game that is That is true. Not to point fingers or look at anybody that would have made a possible mistake like that because we all slip up. Tom Curran will talk football with us next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.